Welcome to Cinecast, a Cinedec podcast where we chat with outside-the-box thinkers that are changing the video industry. Take one. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Cinecast by Cinedec. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. And today, we're continuing and finalizing our conversation with Alex Parnell. He's president of Splitting Lanes Entertainment. Alex, welcome back to the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I am super. Great to have you back on for a final time. So, Alex, we're chatting workflows. What does an efficient and industry standard workflow look like today for a freelance colorist or editor, really anyone doing freelance media work? And how does software support that workflow? Well, as we know, computers have gotten a lot faster over the years. Um, They're much faster than they were a few years ago. Um, And software has taken great advantage of that. one piece of software I really love is Cinex Tools, um, Cinex Insert. I use it a lot for master delivery. Um, if we ever have any revisions, like a credit change or audio revision, um, it's very nice to be able to just drop, you know, drop an in- piece of insert media to a network or to drop it into a master um, and have something automatically insert for you and not have to requeue see an entire file. A normal workflow at this point, it it is always different. Uh, workflows are never the same at any company. Um, you may be coloring in Avid, you may be coloring in Baselight, you could be coloring in Resolve. Um, it seems to me at this point that Resolve is the most popular color corrector. Um, I generally prefer it over Avid if I can, um, but sometimes you don't have the time to do a round trip back and forth. Um, and in that case, you, you know, you're going to color in Symphony and uh, output directly from, from your... Uh, from your original colored media. And see, that is, I think, at the core of it. Softwares that have an open source feel or just a, an idea of what the reality of the market is like in that having just one software that works with only itself or only other counterparts from the same company, those softwares aren't going to have as much staying power or have um, as much flexibility in in the future of freelance work. Um, so it's interesting to see that most of the softwares you work with, especially like you mentioned, uh, Cinedex, Cinex uh, software, how it specifically exists to be an agnostic software. It works with uh, already exported video. Um, you know, there's there's no inability to bring other media into another software. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's very important that every every piece of software plays well with other pieces of software yeah. at this point. I think Avid needs to continually update if they want to stay current, um, because a company like, uh, you know, Blackmagic Design is doing massive updates every year, adding Fusion, adding Fairlight. You know, their, their updates are really big, whereas Avid's updates generally are like, oh, well, now we support 4K. Um, you know, now we support Ultra HD. So it's, uh, I think certain companies, like, you know, and it's particularly Avid, needs to uh, just up the ante a little bit if they want to stay relevant. Um, because, you know, Premiere is starting, Premiere is doing shared projects now. Resolve is doing shared projects. And Resolve keeps updating their editor um, so at some point, uh, you know, Avid is going to, someone's going to give Avid a good, good run for their money. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was already feeling like Avid was getting a run for their money even like four years ago when I was using it for, um, local TV 
uh, reporting and anchoring video editing. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. b- back then, like I was using Avid, and I was thinking, "Wow, I wish I could just do this on Adobe Premiere because Adobe <laughs> is so much more intuitive." So, you know, yeah, yeah. I, I I agree. I think I think having that flexibility as a software is really important, and I think also seeing what your competitors are doing and how your workflow can at least mostly match everyone else's not in a way to like cannibalize their market share but like you mentioned a lot of freelance workers in this industry have to go from one platform to the next to the next to the next and when every single one has different controls different interfaces but they essentially achieve the same thing it makes it really confusing and it's hard for you to interact between softwares so sometimes i feel like that um that like unique quality to a certain software when it's that aesthetic doesn't really add a lot of value. Yeah, exactly. So what would you say the learning curve is like for getting to a really efficient workflow like this, whether that is a pricing curve, a time curve, a skill curve, you know, what does it take to really get to a point where you can take full advantage of the software and the, the methodologies of an efficient workflow? Well, I mean, I think it, it <laughs> depending, it depends on the person, yeah. you know, a lot of people just understand computers kind of innately um, and for those, it's a lot easier because they, they hop in and they start working with one piece of software and you, you start realizing that like the power of metadata for some, for example. Um, and once you understand what you can do with that data and how it links from different pieces of software to different pieces of software, it makes things a lot easier. Um, but some people don't think about computers in that way and they have a lot harder time, um, so it, it, it takes it, it for different people. It takes a very different amount of time. Um, you know, it took me a couple of years to to feel like I knew Avid well enough to the point where I could really set up projects. Um, and as an AE anyway, M would set up the workflows all the way through online and delivery. Um, so for me, it took a couple of years before I was comfortable with that. So let's get a listicle here out of this. Which specific softwares would you vouch for as indispensable to your freelancer tool belt and what do you like about each of them if you had to just summarize it um well obviously avid um because almost every facility i work at um and almost every client i have is avid based um and avid is great it offers amazing media management um it offers the best uh shared environment out of any software on the market um and it's a very solid delivery tool. To be honest, I always do my final deliveries out of Avid. So Avid has definite, definite benefits. I just wish they would get a little more with the program on updating. Um, but, you know, that's that's Avid. But it's a solid program for sure. Um, the other software I use on a daily basis is definitely DaVinci Resolve. Um, I love DaVinci Resolve. Um, I've been using it since version 8. Um, and I just, you know, every update is better. <laughs> um, there's more features. Um, I love the the mini control panel. It's very nice. It's small enough that I can take it around to clients. Um, I wouldn't be able to do that with the advanced surface. Um, and it just, the color corrector and it is so much cleaner than Avid in every way. Um, and it just, you know, power windows are very important. Keys are very important. Um, and it just, it, I wind up with a much cleaner product out of Resolve than I do out of Avid uh, for color correction. Um, 
another indispensable piece of software is Cinex. Uh, what is it called now? It's Cinex. Yeah, Cinex. Um, yeah, it's. <laughs> I've been on it since the first version when it was called Cinex Insert. So Cinex. You're, you're you're one of the OGs. Yep, um, it's amazing. Um, that that software essentially, you know, fixed all of the problems for me with the tapeless workflows. Um, you know, if you ever had a kickback from a network. Um, You'd have to re-encode in Avid. You have to make a whole new mix down and then re-output a whole show. So it's not just a one-step process. It's a three-step process. You have to make the mix down, then you have to output SAM as source, and then you have to QC. Mm-hmm. Um, with a program like Cinex, uh, Cinex, you literally just output your. You do a mix down of your fix, output it, and if you use their um, what do they call it, the multi-clip insert function it drops it in by time code. So say you had five shots that were too noisy for the network or something like that, or misspelling or whatever it happened to be, you literally just make your mix downs, open them up in, uh, in Cinex and it drops them in based on time code. And then you can QC those spots and you're done. So, I mean, it, it, <laughs> say you had a credit change in a show, like I recently delivered a eight episodes of a show and uh, after they were all delivered, someone realized that there was a credit that was missed. Um, so instead of spending, you know, two days re-outputting and QCing these shows, we spent about two hours and inserted all the media um, and sent all the insert media to our masters, sent all the insert media to the network, they inserted and uh, we were done. So, I mean, that makes a massive difference uh, in time. Um, and to be honest, those are the three pieces of software that I use on a, on a you know, I don't use uh, Cinex on a daily basis. Um, but if I ever do have a redelivery or a QC issue, it's the, my definite go-to. Um, but Avid and Resolve definitely every day. And, uh, you know, th- those are my bread and butter. And then just to put a cap on everything, what do you think is going to further separate quality workflows moving forward? Well, obviously at this point, I mean, you know, (laughs) you mentioned earlier um, about fast and good, you know, it's, you know, the old saying of good, fast and cheap pick two. Yeah, right, right. (laughs) Yeah. But um, no client actually, almost no client actually does that. Um, So, you know, the best way I think to set yourself apart is to keep up on the latest software um, and the latest workflows and testing them on your own. Well, Alex, thank you so much for joining us on this three-parter on Cinecast. It's been a pleasure getting to chat with you. Again, Alex Parnell is the president of Splitting Lanes Entertainment. Alex, if they want to learn a little bit more about your work, see some of your portfolio, or maybe even reach out to uh, contract you for some of your work, where should they go? Um, To be honest, (laughs) I do not have a website. I do not do any social networking. Oh, wow. Um, (laughs) You are off the grid. I'm completely off the grid, to be honest with you. Um, which I, I kind of like, (laughs) um, I actually never set up a Facebook account, um, which I'm proud of. (laughs) Um, but yeah, there is, there aren't a lot of great ways to get, the best way to get in touch with me is either call me or email me. Perfect. And what's that email address? So the email, um, is, uh, alexparnell at icloud.com. All right, Alex. Well, thank you again for joining us on the podcast. It's been a pleasure getting to chat. Thank you a lot. It's been a lot of fun. And thank you, everyone, for listening to today's episode of Cinecast. And if you like what you heard and want to listen to previous episodes, you can head to Cinedec.com, where you can find our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And make sure you leave a rating and a comment wherever you listen to your podcast content. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time.